Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, then let's go! Woohoo! March 31st, baby! It's the end of Macho's Honcho's Madness! Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert from the great state of New York. Everybody, please say hello to my good buddy and your favorite on show, Mr. Robert Cuny from the great state of Maryland. How you doing, buddy? Hello. Greetings and salutations as I am unbelievably distracted for a moment. Okay, I'm back now. Hi, welcome. Welcome to the big show, Graham, everybody. It's the last day of March. Baseball starts tomorrow. <laughs> Final four is this weekend. It's a great time to be alive, great time to be a sports fan, and great time to be fully vaccinated like El Baldo here. Congratulations. So, I got I that going for me. Which one is nice. shot last week, so we are both vaccinated honchos. Right. Oh, and it's also spring break. So, you know, what could be better? What could be better than to be alive right now at this you, very moment? Did you go down to Florida this week? No. No? My spring breaks are generally you didn't do a, staying at home. You didn't do it. A Ted Cruz drop in and drop back kind of thing? Uh, no, nor did I appear on camera and say that I will not talk to TV cameras with my mask on. So, no, I, I my spring breaks are generally staycations. Winter break, summer break, like to do stuff. Spring break, I just like to veg out. Except when it comes time preparing for America's favorite new podcast. And hey, at 26 episodes, are really not that new anymore. 26, man. Hey, when you when you turn thirty, buddy, that's when you know. That's when that's the aches and pains start. That's when that's yeah. probably when the relationship here starts to get a little edgy. No, you know? it's it, you know it's been that way since episode one. But oh, so podcast itself, no <laughs> the podcast. There you go. The podcast itself after thirty will start to droop. So, you know, because that's what happens to all of us post thirty. Well, we love yous all out there listening, and again, we have to. We have to start doing this on a regular basis there, Mr. Cooney. we got to do a shout-out to our good buddies up in the Great White North at the Dean Blundell Network, who are uh, proud supporters of us, and we are, we are proud affiliates of them. So yes. Dean and the whole crew up there and all the podcasts, podcasts as well, um, we say hello, uh, hey, good day, all that stuff, and uh, go to deanblundell.com and check out all their podcasts, lots of different styles, sports, news, Groovy things. And, and, and just just remember, if you're like, well, Paul, Rob, come on. I only have but so much real estate for podcasts. I can't listen to them all. Ah, but you can. If you listen to other shows, not ours, if you listen to other podcasts at one and a half or double speed, you can get more podcasts in. More have, bang for your buck, as they have say. Have you ever done that? No. I said don't do it for our show. <laughs> But do it for the others. But have you, know, you ever you, heard? Have you ever heard a podcast on speed up? Actually, on one and a half, it's slightly weird. When you get to two times, now you're going into Chipmunkville. Well, so uh, you know, podcast producer uh, over here. Um, 
wasn't aware that every now and again there's a glitch in the podcast app, the uh, Apple Podcast app. And uh, I freaked out once or twice there going, what's up with my audio, man? We sound <laughs> like chipmunks. It's all messed up. I just promoted the show. And, oh, people are going to think we're we're morons. And idiots. Well, I'm not don't, sure. The don't comment on what I just up. said, Mr. Cooney. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just let it hang out there for our listeners to enjoy. So before we get started, how is your overpass? Uh, the overpass is still going on currently. Really? You know, how long is the overpass for us that are on the other side as you as you Right, on your side of the street. Week? Yes, other side uh, of the street. It's eight fabulous nights, because remember, Jewish holidays and Jewish days begin at night, I know. Uh, just like Hanukkah. You know, it's number eight is a very mystical and uh, important, relevant, significant, symbolic, and all those other words. Number eight, eighteen, all the eights uh, in Judaism. So it's eight nights. Started Saturday night. It'll end this Saturday night. And you know, it's fine. There's a little issue of not being able to eat any bread. You know, I'm living the gluten-free keto lifestyle this week. While so it's a food thing primarily. You don't get. Uh, visits every night, like Ebenezer Scrooge, different rabbi no. ghosts or anything like that? No. It's it's not – it has no Dickensian sort of vibe to it. There's no ghost of Passover. That would be funny, past. though, man. Put on your Jewish accent there, buddy, and get the ghost. The ghost no, there's the no ghost, ghost of Passover, Passover past. Actually, Booby, <laughs> if you want to be technical, the entire holiday is the ghost of Passover past. And by the way, it's not easy to say – Passover past. It's a lot of pasts, a lot of S sounds. Anyway, uh, no, there are no ghosts. Well, there's Elijah. Okay. But how's he doing? He's I, fine as always. Doesn't say much. Doesn't eat a lot. <laughs> Just kind of hangs out in the corner. You know, he's not very social. Uh, every year we every year we invite this putz over for the Passover Seder, and he just sits there like dude, a lump. Got to lighten up, man. What are we going to do about this guy? So, yeah, it's fine. You know, and you got Easter coming up on Sunday. Is that yes. a big a big celebratory moment in the We're Cuthbert Casa? We're the rabbits find the Son of God this, this year while we're looking for our eggs. Hopefully we'll find him. Now, do you, uh, do you hide it? How old are your kids? I, I... My children are younger than 13. Okay, so do you still do an Easter egg hunt with Hell, them? Do you hide yeah. eggs? Hey, okay. when they're 36 and 42, I will be doing. Me and the wife will be out there looking for eggs. They'll be your kids will be wheeling beans. you around the yard picking up eggs, I know. <laughs> um Well, actually we don't do it. The Easter bunny leaves the I eggs know. in the beach. Well, hopefully your kids aren't listening to this podcast. If they are, no. sorry. Sorry for ruining, you know, your springtime <laughs> holiday. Next episode, we'll tackle the wintertime holiday. Hi there, oh, as we, man. you know, continue to ruin everyone's lives, not so just the adult. So the overpass is still going on. Yes. And it ends some, sometime this weekend? It ends Saturday night. Well, it'll end, I'm sorry, the last night so is Saturday I mean, night, so it will I mean, end Sunday Chocolate night. Bunnies on Sunday, you're wrapping up the overpass? Yes. Okay. We'll be coming to the end of the overpass. And no no truth to the rumor that this overpass is, one of, is included in Biden's new trillion-dollar infrastructure bill. It's not that kind of overpass. I heard you're getting a bridge. Everyone's getting a bridge. We're getting some pontoons for the Are reservoirs you? over here. Yeah. 
Very nice. Sleepy Joe I, on the job, baby. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what getting we're getting Getting vaccinated at and getting bridges. Yeah. Can't well, stop them to, now. It has to pass Congress first. And, oh, well. And this is not, look, this is not a political they, don't, show. Aren't they in charge of everything now? It's not a political show. I just know that part of that well, infrastructure we can have bill a little bit of fun a lot of bridges. Here. Come on. Right. So I'm just saying, I don't, I'm not going to make any predictions. I'm just saying, once I heard you say overpass, I thought, hey, I wonder if that, if we can tie that in somehow oh, good to stuff. Biden's see, plan. See, I am, I am the lesser intelligent honcho, and sometimes these things go over my head, ladies and gentlemen. So, Like an overpass. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't like think they heard the bell. Hit the bell like again. A, like Woo-hoo! a Joe Biden overpass. Hey, can I, I tell you, know you about... Go ahead. Hold on a second. You have all the sound effects. We got to get... Yeah, but Somehow, these, are, these are very have special. A... These are these are get Rob all ginked up buttons. No. You know, they're not this... necessary for, for me, okay? These are you are literally folks hearing the bell in the background, you know, somewhere near this microphone which I'm pointing at that nobody can see. So it doesn't sound as good as if, you know, it was being played down the line through Paul's magic board. So what what are we going to do about this video stuff? Are we going to do this thing? Or, you know, gotta you mean like twi- you're on get a video Twitch account or something like that? I mean, I, it, it seems like after every show, people are saying, "I need to get on a." Is that something we want to do? I don't really know. First of all, I got my hair tied up. I'm wearing an apron. You know, I got you know slippers on. Sure. I'll tell you what, we can do a, uh, a loose-fitting robe sports honchos once for our first video episode. How about uh, toga honchos? Toga. Commando honchos? Toga. Toga. Sure. Is that if we do toga, it'll be, it'll be easier to do a live, you know, manscaped demonstration if we're in togas. Yes, very good. Hit the bell. You said, come on. You can... There we go. Uh, manscaped. 20% off and free shipping. That's not the official read. That comes later. But, you know, when we mention it. The fan, the honchos fans know that. I, I feel the need to say 20% off and free shipping, you know, because they are the primary sponsor of this fine radio program right, that well, you are listening to. Anyway, we video, we should do it at some point so people will stop asking about it. It'll be good. Uh It'll encourage people to listen and not watch <laughs> when they see us. Hey, a couple well, of months, buddy. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a train down to, to Maryland, D.C. We got to do a show from the monument. Sure. We can't get near the Capitol, obviously, but I, we can do something about a monument, right? I, I'm sure you can't get near the monument either. We can do something from the suburbs here where I live. Oh. And just. I'll get you. I'll buy a toy monument and we can just prop it up on the desk between Sounds us. Good. Sounds good. We'll do a Joe Out the Belly Baltimore Oriole special. <laughs> sure. Sure hey, I gotta thing. ask you something real quick um, before we uh, get into the <laughs> cold open. Or is this the cold open already, maybe? It could have been. This is part of it. Sure, why not? Sure, go ahead. Fire away. When's the last time you went and had an MRI done? Uh, 20... Nineteen, wow. I want to say. Oh, I thought you were going to say a couple like years, years ago. ago. Oh, a couple years no, ago. no, no. I, I have, I have, I have a few back and neck issues over the last few years. Uh, sciatica issue because I'm old. So I've had a couple MRIs, and they are um, they are super unpleasant. Have you ever had one? 
Well, I went for one. Is that why you're asking? Is this going to be your virgin MRI experience? No, I have. Um, I actually oh. have. Did you? In- well, I mean, I can't talk. I'm, I don't interrupt you. Sorry. Come on, man. I blame the delay. I just, uh, see, now we should be on video because, I mean, Rob's <laughs> blushing and he's smiling and it's, it's, it's cute. It really is. But anyway, um, I had to get one uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, but it had been a while. So anyway, um, speaking of old, I had to go and get one today because my, my back has been acting up too, you know. It's just, this thing's happened to so all you ha- younger honchos out there. Um, getting to your 50s, it's uh, bad news. It's coming. So what I'm <laughs> getting at is I got there. And the the receptionist says, "Okay, you're you're good to go. It's upstairs, all right?" So this is at twenty to nine this morning. Um, I haven't been sleeping well at night, not for anything else, just have insomnia, all that other stuff. Blah blah blah. Mine's always going good things, not bad things. So I I went up two flights of stairs. I ran up like I was trotting up, you know. So I get up now. I'm tired. I'm a little out of shape. I went two flights of stairs. The guys meet me. They take my stuff. They tuck me in. They put me on the bed. And right before they roll you in, Rob, you know, they give you the emergency. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, I'm well familiar with <laughs> to it. Get out of the MRI tube. <laughs> so I go in. And for some reason, man, because I got winded, right? And then they put you in basically what's a torpedo tube. <laughs> yeah. And it got, it got now you're now you're like, oh, this is what it's now I remember. Now I'm in a coffin again. This is what this is like. And then the noises start. And I'm breathing. And I'm you know, and it's like, dude, I almost had to hit that thing. I oh, almost yeah. had to punch out. For those that have not experienced the MRI, it's like being in a coffin, except not as pleasant. Look, the last time I went, or a coffin I, underneath a construction yeah. site. <laughs> I I asked. Well, you remember how they how they used to describe the old Metrodome where the twins played? They, yes. Someone said it was like being inside a trash can with people banging on the outside of it. That's kind of like what the MRI is in terms of terms of noise. But the, each time I've gone, I have somebody go with me, just to sit in the waiting room area because I kind of – I have the pre-MRI freakout. The last time I went, Grace came with me and went inside the MRI room, and actually she was there. She sat within eyesight. Like if I turned my head, I could see her. Okay. And just seeing her there calmed me. And I believe I was – I wanted to stick my hand out because it wasn't completely enclosed, but I think they were – they did they, they poo-pooed that because – you can't be moving inside there. Yeah, no. that's the other thing. They tell you, don't move inside this concrete or this metal keep, tube. Stay there. <laughs> and then you feel everything's a twitching. Oh. Everything starts to itch. And you're like, I just, I no matter how long you're in there, it feels like three hours. And and it's loud and it's uncompromising and it's it's just panic city. Um, Dude, that that moment right before I got I got to punch out. I gotta punch yeah. out. I can't believe I'm gonna do this. <laughs> it's like, oh my lord! You know what got me? You know what calmed me down? What? You know what I started singing "Hotel California." By the huh. Way. Well, there you go. And then I calmed down. I yeah, the, the, that's and cool. I had to stay in there for an extra four minutes, so I sang an extra chorus. Well, you, you had the there's the money guitar solo. That's what the four minutes was. Yeah, I could have hummed that. The too, epic yeah. guitar solo. But man, uh, yeah, the first time I went, I remember they they said we're gonna play some music. 
inside the the tube. Yeah, I got that today too. But but it's so loud. Yeah, it was pointless. <laughs> What's the point of the music? I remember when I first went. You know, I was I was a younger honcho, but still at the back of an old man. And they said, they laid me down. They said they gave me the the button, the button, the panic button. Said, look, if you need to be pulled out of the tube, just hit this button. And I said, eh, okay, sure, whatever. I'm young and hardy. Nothing scares me. The second. And I mean this, the nanosecond where they got me in the tube where the, 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 the roof of the tube was about a fraction of a millimeter from my nose. Yeah. I'm like, bang, bang, bang. I'm hitting that. I'm smashing that button like there was no tomorrow. And the, they looked at me and the tech looked at me and said, it's not what you expected, is it? I said, nope, sure isn't. I said, uh, this time I'm not going to be quite so cavalier. Um, but yeah, I was not ready. out of me. I was not, and I'm not really claustrophobic. Neither am I. But I was not ready for the claustrophobia of the MRI. I don't know how athletes do it. Well, I know that the, the, the bigger athletes, they have the open air MRI, which is less claustrophobic because you're literally in a room. That's the MRI chamber. It's not as enclosed because these, some of these athletes, these football players are too big. But I'll tell you, boy, I, I just, if you're a normal sized human that has to get MRIs frequently, ugh. Because I've only, I know some people get them from the waist down. That's less, you know, freak out time. But mine have always been, you know, from the waist up, you know, the back, the neck. So it's, you know, right in there. Like I'm a human torpedo. Yeah. No, yeah, no I, bueno. I, I had some terrifying uh, couple of minutes there. But yeah. that, like I said, I just wanted to ask you about that because I, I you know, that's, it's, it's, it was scary. Because you start breathing, you start thinking about passing out, you start, uh, and then you got nowhere to go. And then this, what if I... What if I punch this and he doesn't come? <laughs> right. What if they're laughing at you inside the control room? What if room? they went to get coffee or something? Right. Ah, this guy will be okay. We. What have we got? Twenty minutes, Bill. Let's go grab a smoke. Yeah, while this guy's getting right. cooked. In the MRI are you okay chamber. in there, Paul? Yeah. Okay. Let's go get some lunch. <laughs> right. How long do we have? Twenty minutes. Hmm. Oh man. Just make it down to Subway and back. Uh, not a sponsor of the show. Uh he'll be fine. So you, go, you know the, the the secret is. Those of you out there who are going to get an MRI, you got to find your own grace. They're not getting them now. If they yeah. haven't got an MRI before, they ain't going now. Uh, no. Yes. Your local radiology clinics will not be sponsoring this show because we've just told everyone, you know what? You don't need them. Just diagnose yourself. <laughs> You'll be fine. Find a hot radiator and just rub on up against it. Or you can practice by getting your getting yourself inside a metal garbage can hanging out there for 20 minutes. Just make sure you leave some room to breathe. Leave a little opening so you can breathe. Please don't cut off all your air. Or perhaps you can crawl into your trash compactor. Again, oh, don't turn it on. So. All right. Well, wow, that was yeah, – we. Cooked. Speaking of cooking, we cooked a lot of the uh, the cold open. So I'll give you the choice. Do I we want to hear it all? You want to hear it all? Okay. Nah, just well, come on. Let's go. Let's all right. Go. What so do you got real quick, hit me. Hit me. Real quick. Uh, for those that have not been following, the Ever Given. That's the ship that was stuck diagonally uh, in the Suez Canal. Right. Speaking of but being bump. stuck. Uh, yeah. The the Ever Given. Uh, the the ship actually, if you've seen, I just found this out today. If you've seen pictures of the Ever Given and it says Ever Green on the side, and you like me were confused, is it the Ever Given? Is it the Ever Green? Apparently, Ever Green is the Taiwan-based shipping company that made the uh, the Ever Given. Anyway, that ship was stuck for almost a week 
diagonally inside the Suez Canal. It was trying to make a, I presume, a three-point turn and going way too fast considering it's carrying 20,000 shipping cargo containers uh, and then got stuck in the sand and the muck and everything else that is in that single lane of the Suez Canal. Well, it's been it's been removed. It's unclogged. And, and like over two to 300 ships that wait to pass through the Suez Canal were stuck on one side or the other and couldn't go through it. This is the main artery of shipping between Europe and Asia, like 19,000 ships passed through it last year, 10% of the world's shipping. It's a major problem. This ship, by the way. Rob, you forgot. Yes. 26 jet skis, 13 paddle boats, and um, three three surfers who are also waiting. Sure. Although the surfers probably could just kind of float by there. 220,000 tons, by the way, is how much this ship weighs. This boat... I dare even call it a boat, is bigger than I – this is an amazing statistic. This boat is actually slightly larger than the Empire State Building in terms of length. <laughs> okay, that's – it's it's like 200 feet wide. It's 1,300 feet long. I thought larger than the Empire State Building. That can't be right, but the Empire State Building clocks in at 1,250 feet. For those of you doing building trivia out there – it's twelve hundred, and it is, and it is infrastructure week. Yes, it is on the honchos. We're the infrastructure honchos. Anyway, they got the ship out. Uh, it took uh, a fleet of tugboats, and I have the how much earth was moved here. They dredged sand to get it out. Three hundred thirty thousand cubic meters, which is more than a million cubic feet of sand, was removed around the ship as workers worked around the clock to quote refloat it, and it was opened up. The log jam was ended on Monday, allowing ships now to start to proceed through the canal. But that's not the most interesting part of the story. Ooh, there it is. Have you heard? Have you heard what I like to call the penis controversy about oh, this, no. about the Suez Canal, about the Ever Given? Now, before Rob continues again, for all our I'm not going to play the soundbite. I forgive. I um. I ask for your forgiveness, and I apologize for what Rob is about to say. Okay. So you remember the captain of the Costa Concordia, the ship that ran aground? Scatino, I think his name was, or Scatino? Oh, the one yeah. that was, that guy's he was like, waving. You know, Larry up at the mechanic shop. Yeah, I know. He like was that. waving at his girlfriend, and that's what ran the ship aground, allegedly. And then he, he abandoned ship with most of the crew and passengers still on the boat. So this guy, this captain, Andrew, I don't remember his last name. I had his name written down, and now it's gone. Anyway, what he did Andy. didn't cause him to get stuck. He was in a sandstorm, by the way, and was going too fast. That's why he got stuck in the canal. But before that, allegedly, there's aerial, there's like radar footage, um, whatever sort of tracking device they use for these boats. It looks a lot like what an air traffic controller's radar screen looks like, little blips with numbers, mm -hmm. and they can chart the path to planes. They have the same thing for boats. And apparently in the video of tracking his movements around the the water before he got into the Suez Canal, it's clear and not probably not a coincidence. And you can watch the video if you want. Not now, of course. Um, he drew a giant penis in the water as he was making his rounds with the boat. Manscaped testicles and everything. It's larger than life, clear as day. Um, 
if you just type in ever given penis boat path in YouTube, you'll find the video or in Google. Obviously, people will claim it's a coincidence, but if you look at the path that the boat took, if you watch the movements of the boat, it's clearly, I'm going to say, it's clearly not a coincidence. Maybe it is. No one has come out to say yes or no, but it's kind of hard to imagine that this was an, he accidentally fell into drawing a penis. Now, again, it didn't cause him to get stuck in the Suez Canal, but it made an otherwise mundane but troubling story about shipping being snarled into something much more funny. And it allowed Snopes.com to come up with this headline. Did cargo ship draw, in quotes, a penis before getting stuck in Suez Canal? And then right underneath it says, some may classify getting stuck in the Suez Canal as a dick move. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Um, so yeah, so check out that video if you can. Um, I watched it several times because I'm childish. Because of and course stupid. you did. Of course you. Because I'm childish and stupid. The thing about no, it's just you can't look. As a high school teacher, every time it snows, you know, back in the good old days when we actually went to a school building, every time there'd be snow on the ground out in the fields, on the football field, the athletic fields. Don't tell me you somebody, went out there and made no, no, but I would. It, it seemed like every winter I'd look out my window and see on the on the field someone has gone out there. Some some industrious students have gone out and drawn a big penis on the field in the snow. <laughs> so that seems to be speaking of evergreen, that seems to be an evergreen sort of hobby for kids of all ages to draw penises like their Jonah Hill in the movie Superbad. So great movie. It is a great movie. Judge for yourself, friends. But I think it'll be Pleasantly surprised. All right, the other thing I have for you, hold Burger on, King. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. A little boat music. This is what they were playing once they got dislodged. The whole crew. Why? You know, I feel so broken. Oh, it's the worst trip. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's, that's there you go, smothered. see? Congratulations to the penis captain and his crew now, for, for getting Paul off does have, the worst trip. Paul does have my favorite sound clip. He does have that video clip, but I didn't prep him ahead of time to play it. So, you know, I'm not going to play it to my phone either. Uh, sorry for not knowing the name of the captain. It's Andrew something. And maybe that'd be funny if his last name was something. All right. And. This next story about Burger King actually ties into the Suez Canal. You remember that Burger King got into some trouble on International Women's Day because yes. they had the, the tweet, women's, the women's places in the kitchen. Okay. So whomever, if you're looking for a job out there, everyone, I'm sure the public relations and marketing department of Burger King has probably got an opening. If they didn't fire anybody after the, this tweet uh, on March after International Women's Day – I doubt anything will happen to the person that came up with this social media post. This is from the Instagram post of Burger King Chili, as in the country, not the delightful bean and beef dish. They tweeted, and it's in Spanish, but the it's an ad for the Burger King Whopper, the double Whopper. The ad shows a picture, an overhead shot of the Suez Canal, 
<laughs> and a double whopper lodged in that Suez Canal in the same place where the Ever Given was lodged. Yep. Stuck there like a big old undigested part of Elvis's colon. There it is for all to see. And oh, the idea is the whopper is so big, the double whopper is so big, that it will clog up the Suez Canal. I, again, no word as to who came up with this idea within Burger King and if any disciplinary action will be taken. I, for one, think it's really funny. But you can imagine the the reactions on social media were mixed at best. So, so there you go. Also, I'm reminded, too, that Kentucky Fried Chicken will be bringing back Finger Lickin' Good at some point. You remember they got rid of it because they thought it was offensive in the era of coronavirus to talk about licking your, your own fingers or anybody else's fingers for that matter. But they're bringing that back. They'd like everybody to know. So, you know, if you're in the Suez Canal and you see a giant double whopper, <laughs> you know, don't panic, everyone. It's just an ad campaign. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, if you can't make fun of an incident that yeah. snarled billions of dollars worth of shipping, what can you laugh at? What can you laugh at? There you go. It's finger licking good, buddy. That's that right, excellent. just like this show. Yes, finger licking good. And oh, you know what? We, we on the sports honchos do not mind if you want to lick your fingers. Go nuts. They're your fingers. But get no vaccinated first. Yeah. That's all we ask. And in no fact, high five. In fact, as soon it. as they pull the needle out of your arm, look at the, uh, the health associate there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then lick your fingers. By the way, <laughs> and I said, just want Paul and Rob the honchos. Told me to do this. They said vaccinations are finger looking good. When I got my vaccine, you know, I always like to see this. I like to gauge the sense of humor of everyone that I come in contact with. Not you. Yeah, I know. Shocking. When I was asked at the set, the vaccine site, when I got my second shot, where would you like the shot? Obviously, they were referring left arm or right arm. I said, can I get it right in the tuchus? And fortunately for me, this nurse had a really good sense of humor because she was laughing. And I oh, was a I, female nurse. And you yes, said that. Exactly. Cause I'm a pig. I in wanted these to say, days, I wanted to say, okay, you're lucky you weren't arrested. Right. I was lucky. She composed herself before she stuck a needle in my arm. Cause you know, she was laughing and convulsing. And that's the last thing you want when someone's putting a needle in your arm to have shaky hands. So anyway, I'm surprised she didn't say, Oh, do you work for Burger King, sir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking or, of, are you a former New York Mets associate? <laughs> Cheap oh, shot. That's amazing. And, oh, oh. We'll be talking about the Mets later on the show. Woohoo! Can't wait, but right now. It's time for the drums and some college sports talk. And the only thing to talk about these days, these weeks, these hours, these minutes is the March Madness right here on the final Marchos Honchos Madness show this evening on the Honchos. As we like to say. So we're down to four teams. There were 600 in the tournament. Four left. And uh, let's start with the women first there, Rob. Go. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I know Stanford in South Carolina. Oh, Wait, Stanford, geez. South Carolina. No Hold respect. it. You have no idea, do you? UConn and not Maryland. Maryland was upset in the Sweet oh, 16. Man. But in the men's tournament, it's chalky. Again, going back to Elvis's colon. Uh, you got three ones, two ones, a two, and an 11. So not as chalky as it could be. You got Gonzaga, UCLA, Baylor, and Houston. They'll duke it out. Sabado. 
college basketball pun. They'll duke it out this Saturday. Saturday. And the championship game will be on Monday, Monday, April the 5th. So we'll do a deep dive into the championship game on next week's Poncho Show. Uh, my the, the, the team that I picked to win it all is still alive, Gonzaga. And, and if you've watched, and I realize their competition has been not quite as stiff as the other teams, but they're making mincemeat of this tournament. That I team is so in the good. Final Four, if that means anything. Good job. Yeah, I only have one Final Four team left. But the Zags are ripping through teams. Uh, it's just, it's not, and the games aren't even close. They're such a polished, well-oiled machine, and this year the difference so, is... And you know what's going to happen, right? They're going to lose. They're going to lose. Said, right. But, hey, they're in their second Final Four. The The knock on Gonzaga used to be they don't make it to the Final Four. Well, now they're in their second Final Four in six years. Uh, you can't, I guess, five years you don't count last year because there was no tournament. Um, they're going to face a UCLA team that's a play-in team. Uh, that should be a good game. Baylor and Houston. Uh, Baylor, I think what we're looking at are two teams that seem unstoppable. Baylor and Gonzaga. Which is, why, which is why it'll be Houston and UCLA in the final. Because that seems to be the popular opinion that those two are going to meet. The um, The thing that was reinforced... You know, last time I told you it was coaches and senior leadership. This time, the teams that play within themselves, and I know it's very cliched, but the teams that don't panic. You know, I noticed in some of the games, like the Alabama-UCLA game, and also in some, and then the UCLA-Michigan game as well, that when teams get down in the second half with – not even several minutes left with plenty of time left down by a few points. They seem to panic and play like there's 10 or 12 seconds left. And these teams that live by the three will die by the three and off shooting night kills you, especially from the free throw line. I mean, Alabama lost their game because they only made 11 out of 25 free throws. And again, every time they came down the court panicked and said, we got to throw up a three. Same thing happened last night in the UCLA Michigan game. Michigan was within spitting range of winning that game, and they played the last four or five minutes like they were down by 10 and had to make up 30 points with one shot. And what, what so these teams think, that, why do you think they do that, buddy? Why do you think teams continue to make that same mistake year after year? Because you get sort of drawn in by the three-pointer. Because it is, look, you are going to get more points. Is and it because the they're shots, on national TV? And they I don't, show you know, that, that's an excellent question. I don't know if it's the TV exposure. But I do think that it's not like they're all bad shots. They're not just chucking it from the cheap seats and open for the best, but it's that old adage in basketball. You don't want to give up uh, knowing when to give up the good shot for the great shot. So if a guy has a good look at the basket and he's in three point land, but there's a better, safer shot closer to the basket, say a layup or a mid range jumper, maybe you don't go for the three if you don't need it. The teams that play fundamental basketball, are the teams that are left and the teams that have the do- the dominant big men. You know, this tournament proves, again, unlike in, in the pros, that a dominant big man, a guy in the middle, a, a rim protector, right? The aircraft carriers, as former Marquette coach Al McGuire used to call them, your Drew Timmy for Gonzaga, your Cody Riley for UCLA, and even um, Hunter Dickinson at Michigan, who had an off night last night. These guys make a difference. Because if you can get a guy who gets open under the basket 
gets rebounds on the defensive side, gets open under the basket, can make the easy shots, then you're on then you're in that situation of who do we defend? Do we defend the guy taking the three-pointer? Do we move in inside and defend the guy in the middle? And that kind of fundamental move the ball around, give up the good shot for the great shot brand of basketball gives us the teams we have left. And it's fun to watch because once you get to the pros, you know, the idea of a big man in the middle doing anything, usually you ask yourself, is he lost? What's he doing in there? <laughs> Why isn't he drifting outside to take, you know, the three-pointer? So I don't know. These teams that live by the three die by the three in college. And that's what happened to Alabama. And I fear that's what will happen to Baylor. Baylor has an off night with their three-pointers. They'll have a hard time against Houston, although Houston barely squeaked by. Rutgers, Houston shouldn't be here. They're just they happy to be there. Like you just, They're just happy to be there. So I think, look, they're going to be good games, I hope. the They've been good games thus far, although Gonzaga, again, the Gonzaga-USC game, it, it, you could have turned it off at halftime and gone to bed. Um, those games aren't close. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if any of these teams left have the defense – to stop what Mark Few and Gonzaga put out in the court. It's just, it's textbook basketball. And it's the same game they've always played, but now they've added one of the top recruits, if not the top recruit in the country, in Jalen Suggs from Minnesota. And he's the engine of that team. He's the difference. That uh, a player they've been lacking. They've always had great teams, but they never had the superstar. So they've got the combination of seniors, upperclassmen, team chemistry, and now this kid from Minnesota comes in and makes the whole thing work even better. And he'll be in the NBA, probably the number one pick in the NBA draft next year. But hey, he could come into the draft with, you know, a national championship under his belt. So we'll see. I have a feeling now that we're pumping up Gonzaga and pumping up Baylor, next week we'll be talking about that great championship game between UCLA and Houston. (laughs) But we'll see. Maybe. And uh, don't be surprised. No, I will not be surprised. So, so I mean, overall, as far as this tournament's concerned for you, um, you know, the fact that they ran it, COVID, all that stuff. Um, I, I mean, I think I think it's been a pretty a pretty good success for the NCAA, especially on the men's side to, to pull this tournament off. No matter. Absolutely. It. Absolutely. And, and the ratings have been good, which is. What I thought ratings would be for all sports during COVID. When you can't go, you'd watch them on TV. I'm surprised the ratings have been down everywhere else, but the ratings have been very good. Wait till the Orioles stop playing. Uh, 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 uh. At least wait till we talk about baseball before you bring up the Orioles. (laughs) (laughs) Another Orioles joke. It burns him so, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, it's just so annoying. It's such oh, a it's such oh, low hanging. It's so annoying, huh? It's so slow hanging. Unbelievable. Fruit. You know, we have meetings all week. It never comes up. Now we're on live on the air, and you got a problem with it. Such low hanging fruit. Make sure, though, if you have low hanging fruit, that's using Manscaped. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, I mean, we could wait till the hockey segment, but uh, who beat the Caps last night? We stumbled. Yes, the, the Capitals did stumble against oh, okay. the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. And as the Caps continue their pattern of you know How's big leads, well, not last right? night. Is Oshie okay? He's fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. He's fine. All right. All right. So uh, the big games this Saturday, um, we'll see who wins. Obviously, because that's what we do. We watch these things and we wait to see who wins, and then we'll have a big party uh, after overpass yep. on Monday. 
talk about it next Sunday Wednesday. night. Huh? Sunday night, we'll be eating bread again. We'll be celebrating by eating bread again. Fantastic. Save me a piece, It is fantastic. Please. Save me a piece. Sure. I might be full, though, because all the chocolate eggs I'll be eating looking for the Lord, our Savior. In the egg. <laughs> God, are you in there? No, but there's chocolate. Chocolate, caramel, cream, if it's a Cadbury egg. All right. So um, anything on the women's side uh, that you want to get into as far as what's going on over there or any other, uh, you know, did they? Um, well, you know, last week we talked about the disparity in treatment yes. between the men's. And I, I was talking about how it, it's not it's driven more by monetary issues than by uh, gender bias or any sort of discrimination. So the the budget there's a story that came out a few days ago, the budget for the men's basketball tournament and the women's basketball tournament is out. And there's some surprising and not so surprising figures. The, and they went, they could only do, they, they only had data back to 2018, 2019. What? So yeah, they obviously know the budget for this tournament and there was no tournament last year. So although the NCAA division one men's basketball championship budget was 28 million, so the men's budget is $28 million, which is twice as much as the women's budget. Uh, the NCAA revealed that the men's tournament brings in $864.6 million that season. So the budget is $28 million, and they have a net income, net, of $864 million and change. Would you like to know what the net income for the women's tournament is? Take yes, a guess. please. I think it will be important since we're talking about it. Take a guess. What do you think the women's net income? What was the final rounding number there for the men? Okay, so the men, 865, rounding up at a budget of 28 million and the net income of 865 million, rounding up. Uh, $380. Very close. The women's tournament lost $2.8 million, the largest loss of any NCAA championship in any sport men or women. So after the discrepancy issue that came up last week, the NCAA has hired an independent firm to do a review of gender equity and so on of the championships across all their divisions. Um, And the chief financial officer, Kathleen McNeely of the NCAA said that this review will help determine whether the budgets are a part of the issue, but that there are reasons for the discrepancies. The NCAA points to the savings made by the reduced expenses for these games, blah, 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 but says that this this difference in terms of budgets, the difference in the money spent is only $7.1 million between what's spent on the men and what's spent on the women. Um, It's the men have more money for travel because there's more men's teams that this is again this is before the bubble format this is the old format of neutral sites for all the men's games home sites for the first two rounds in the women's tournament so more money for travel expenses because the men's teams travel more uh 1.7 million in per diem which is set by the ncaa uh the same for the men the women so that was almost the same except there's less hotel and food expenses again because the men travel more than the women's team. Uh, there's 1.1 million for the additional round because the men have 68 teams, the women have 64, 1.6 million for facilities. 
The men's Final Four includes additional seats to convert a football stadium into a basketball arena. The cost for women's basketball build-outs are generally less than $20,000. So the discrepancy in money spent, the $7 million more spent on men, comes down to a lot of practical expenses. So mm-hmm. the bottom line in all this is – oh, and by the way, for those thinking there's a Title IX issue here um, of the Civil Rights Act, Title IX, Equal Treatment for Men's and Women's Sports – the NCAA is a private organization and is not subject to Title IX rules nor freedom of, of information not. requests. Now, of course again, the, dispec- the discrepancy in treatment, it's unfair, it's bad, it's wrong, it's everything it could possibly say about it. However, again, this sort of reaffirms the fact that it's largely driven, I'll say largely driven, by um, money and not gender bias. Now, Lynn Holtzman who's the in charge of the women's tournament. She oversees the women's and actually oversees women's sports, the NCAA, I think. But I know she's definitely in charge of the women's tournament. Once she was put on notice that there were these discrepancies, should have acted and done something. Um, but that's an argument for another time. The bottom line is, again, it's money. It's finance. It's economics. And that's what you get. And Again, you know, it makes it's sense. terrible. It's bad. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't happen. It should be remedied. It was remedied after the embarrassment the NCAA felt because of the shabby treatment. But let's before we climb the ladder of, you know, gender bias. Hey, it's, it's like the Browns it's is the Browns. Finances, it right? Is what it is. The money is the money. Yes. All right. And lastly, Kim Mulkey. Ah, uh, Kim. Head coach of the Baylor Lady Bears says, and her team was eliminated on a very questionable no call against Connecticut in the regional finals, um, says that the NCAA should do away with COVID-19 testing for the final four, both the men and the women. She said, after the games today and tomorrow, there's four teams left, I think, on the men's side and the women's side. They need to dump the COVID testing. Wouldn't it be a shame to keep COVID testing and then you got no kids and then you got kids that test positive or something and they don't get to play in the final four. So you just need to forget the COVID tests and get the four teams playing in each final four and go battle it out, which is odd from somebody who, by the way, in January had COVID-19 and was complaining at the time that the NCAA was continuing the tournaments and continuing to play despite the COVID panic. Because, after all, she said, it's all about the dollar, the almighty dollar. So, we report, you decide. <laughs> Does she have a point? Is she a hypocrite? Well, I'm asking you. I'm asking you right now. Does she have a point? About not COVID testing? I, I mean, if you're going to COVID you test. You can't do it, you right? Should... It's a stupid. She, that's stupid. To COVID test? No. Or what she to said ask is them not the COVID test. Yeah, I don't know. You can't look once the train gets rolling and you're testing people. You can't say, "Well, let's not test because it's the most important game." Why would you let your guard down? Why would you dump protocols now? Yes, it would be terrible if someone couldn't play in the Final Four because of COVID. You know, it'd be worse if somebody had COVID and it spread to each member of the team and the coaching staff and the inner circle. Yeah, the Dodgers got away with it, so I guess party. it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, how'd that work out for Justin Turner? How was uh, I know he was the town pariah for 15 minutes, but still, you can't just stop. You can't, this, let's hide under the covers 
and hope COVID goes away approach is kind of what got us into this mess in the first place. What I don't understand, Rob, is, you know, say those things privately, say those things within right. your own circle, but to say that publicly, knowing that you just, you can't say that stuff. I mean, yeah, how is it people still think? I mean, this was not even a question to her. She said this unprompted. She was just uh, answering another question. And by the way, here's my thoughts on COVID testing. And I know it's spur of the moment. You're emotional. You're not thinking about things. But people don't seem to get it that there are people listening. Yeah. Whether you're at a live conference, on Zoom, Instagram, social media, whatever it is. The internet, as I tell you all the time, it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's always somebody restocking the shelves with controversial comments. They never run out of anything. So, sure, if she says this to her friends, to her team, and says this COVID testing is stupid, okay. Even if she says it to a player in private and that player then tweets it out later, it doesn't have the same impact because it's secondhand and you don't know the context and so on. But to come out in a press conference... When everybody is watching, your team has just lost, just been booted from the tournament. I mean, it's just it's irresponsible. No, I, again, Did I'm she not lose calling any for, players. Do you know? I don't think so. No, just no, she was the one that had COVID, but no, she didn't lose any she of her players. Okay. I mean, I'm not look. I'm not looking for any sort of consequences to Coach Mulkey. I think the consequence is, you know, people like us talking about it and wringing our hands over it. I just think. It's just, it's a bad look. It's just, and, yeah, well, it's a comment when, you know, two guys on a podcast are going to go, what, are you fucking kidding me? Right. That's but, basically but, all it is. And, and that's the, there's the punishment. Uh, nothing else should happen to her because that would be even worse than, it, I'll, I'll put this in quotes, the crime that was committed of saying something stupid. Uh, I mean, especially from someone who has COVID, or had, I should say. And, and you know, by her own admission, said... Come sit down with me sometime. I'll tell you all about what it's like to have COVID. You know, the implication there that but it was that bad. Was, but that was regular season COVID. Right. There's, this, is, this is Final Four Championship COVID. tournament COVID. It's a different COVID. Right. You know. Obviously, the NCAA will continue to test. They test their athletes every day, and they should. Yes. yes. They absolutely should. The honchos get tested every day. Every day. We do. We get the uh, the the anal swab testing that hey, popularized what? that they popularized. Not, not up here in the northeast. I don't know what they're giving you down there. Oh, no, wait, that's sorry. South. Sorry, that's not a, that's South. not a COVID test. That's just Tuesday morning. <laughs> hey Rob, uh, before we move on, can I just read you a random headline that came over the Twitter feed here? Please do. And I'd love to get your feedback. And I'm going to put a little music to this. I'm going to read no this headline, and then I want. Mr. Cooney's reaction. Here we go. You ready? I'm, re I'm ready. All right, here we go. Judge rules. Barstool Sports did not defame Michael Rappaport when calling him a, quote, herpy-having piece of shit, end quote. Your thoughts, Mr. Cooney? Wow. Well, if, if Michael Rappaport did have herpes... The truth will set you free, as they say in the defense of all slander and libel and defamation suits. Uh, I'm sure Michael Rappaport is a very nice person, but he oh, obviously pissed off. Do you know he, who he obviously is? pissed off the wrong people. I've I've seen his rants on Barstool Sports this is from the inside of his car. 
They're actually very entertaining. I'm not sure what precipitated the breakup between the two, but obviously it wasn't pretty or mutual because to call somebody a, what did you say, a herpes? Having. Piece of shit? Yes. That's, that's a pretty low blow. By the way, happy Passover to Michael Rappaport. He is on <laughs> my side of the street. Oh, um, man. Wow. The U.S., so, this is how hard, it, the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York sums up the initial contratemps. Man, that's a good word. What that does is it mean? a good word. That is a good word. As a, quote, an argument between Rappaport and Smith over Rappaport's supposed failure to pay Smith for bets lost on fantasy football and on amateur boxing matches. So there's there's the breakup right there, but it's money. It's always money. It's always money. Always money. But there you go, folks. You can go out. If you see Michael Rappaport, just go ahead and call him a herpy-having piece of shit. It's all good. And make sure, again, you wish him a happy Passover. Happy yes. Pesach to Rabbi Rappaport. Very nice. Very nice. Wow. All right. So apparently he does. Obviously, if they threw out the defamation suit, obviously he must have herpes or had herpes. Oh, well, that's none of our business. No, it certainly isn't. That is none of all but, this. Uh, good luck to Mr. Rappaport and to Barstool Sports. Um, also, before we dive into baseball, etc., just wanted to let everybody know, and we, I mentioned this to you before the show started, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department has determined the cause of the Tiger Woods car accident, uh, but they are not revealing the cause because of privacy issues, apparently, and those privacy issues, it's just as vague to us as it was in the report. Um, they have some questions for Tiger Woods and need his permission to release certain information, again, because of privacy concerns, before releasing to the public what the cause of the accident was. I've That's news to me. I've never heard of that before. So stay tuned on that one. Remember, they initially said it was an accident. No charges will be filed. Wasn't driving under the influence. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But again, privacy issues, that's a new one to me, which has led, of course, to speculation that perhaps there's more to the crash than people are saying. It has come out, by the way, according to the – did you know that new cars have a black box similar to airplanes? Oh, which, no. Are you going yeah. to tell me that we're going to find out some ridiculous story? No, no. Apparently, he didn't – before the impact, he had, didn't actually hit the brakes before impact. So, oh, yeah, no, no ridiculous story. Just that's oh, come out. Okay, well, let's let's let that breathe. Okay? Right. So, just that just came out a couple hours let's before not, the show. So, we'll let's not as, assume. As, you know what happens right. when you assume, right, Robert? Right. You make an anal swab out of you and me. Um, so, when more information comes out as the story develops, we'll dive further into the story. We sure will. But now, it's time to go to the rinks, the hardwood, and hot stuff. Baseball is pretty much over, ladies and gentlemen, because tomorrow is opening It's opening day. day. Everybody, get ready for the New York Yankees championship season to begin. Woohoo! It's time for hockey. Hoops and hardball on the honchos. Woo! Clap your hands, Rob. Come on. No. Come on, please. There's no hands. Once, 
No, come on. Nope. Oh, no. Damn it, I try every week. You just won't do it. You won't do it, folks. Hey, uh, before we get into baseball and hockey and everything else, uh, one more time, can we uh, can we pimp your new baseball podcast, which I think debuted, had its formal debut today? Line Drive Radio? Episode one. Episode one. Yes. So Stargate. Captain's right. Log. Episode one. <laughs> Check it out. LineDriveRadio.com. Part of the Sports Go Media conglomerate. Or Go Sports Media. You might want to get With the name of the company good right. Mr. Ted Banford. <laughs> yes. So. Thank just you. Want to give you. Just want to give you some love. You and your podcast yeah. some love. Thank you. It's not in the because script here. You're not supposed to do that, okay? This sorry. is a honcho show. Okay. It is. But I'm just I'm 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 boosting the Q rating of my good friend and podcast spouse Paul Cuthbert. Besides, one day, uh, you know, there'll be no time for the sports on shows. It'll be all line drive radio all the time. <laughs> see, that's, <laughs> see, that's just that, kidding, everyone. That's piss poor on your end <laughs> to to just go there. It's not true. We're a family here. It's not. We're trying to build a little network. Like I told you, folks, you know? last week, Paul gets up in the morning, has a cup of coffee, a shower, a shave. The other S, and then he does a hundred podcasts, no, and then goes see, to again, bed. No, again, that's a bunch of BS. I, my wife would divorce me. You're the hardest working man in I show do, business. I do, I'm complimenting I do. you. Wednesdays is my podcast day, and I do a couple, and then I do one tomorrow afternoon, and that's it. He's the hardest working man in Podcastville. You know what? Just man, so you I, know, you know I'm, I, could that's a, do, I could be doing worse things. I could be driving ships and getting them stuck in the Suez Canal while I'm doing this. Just. Just so you know, I'm trying to get this man a compliment. See, he's so humble, he can't even take a compliment. The humility in this man is astounding. You know, people, you know, saying that I do 100 podcasts is is a bunch of BS. It's not true. I have a life. I do other things. But you're so good at it. But I do enjoy the podcasting. It's big. It's popular. It's fun. I'm an old man. And you're good at it. I don't have any friends. That's why I do these podcasts. Because I need somebody to talk to. That's it. I'm I'm here for you, Paul. That's all there is to it. You're getting it now? It's an emotional thing. I, I, I talk to my therapist every week about that. He says, Paul, how are you feeling? I said, I'm down. He goes, start another podcast. Well, you know, the first, what you guys don't know is the first few podcasts, the mics weren't even on. We were just talking <laughs> to each other over Skype. And then he's like, well, we might as well, uh, might as well publish these because they're so good. So you know, for a while, it was just me, me and Paul talking over Skype. Oh, man. Good stuff. All right. Little NHL news. Uh, we're winding down here. The last month of puck is uh, is upon us here starting tomorrow. Uh, things will be wrapping up here uh, in the National Hockey League. Uh, 16 teams will make the playoffs out of 400. And um, the trading deadline comes up on April 12th. Uh, we figure, uh, you know, there'll be some moves. We'll see what happens. Some teams are making some moves here. Basically, the fourth spot in every division there, Mr. Cooney, is the most important spot right now because most of the top three teams in all the divisions here are pretty much securing their positions. But it is making it interesting. A couple of things I just want to point yeah. on. The Nashville Predators kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I buried them, and now they are in the fourth spot. They've overtaken the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Columbus is kind of dipping off a little bit. Dallas can't get uh, – they haven't been able to do anything since the, the COVID stuff early in the season. Uh, Detroit's down on the bottom. Uh, our division, our Eastern, this is where me and Rob are rivals. The uh, Washington Capitals uh, in first place split with the Rangers here these last two games. Uh, they spanked us. We spanked them. Um, they are in first place there with 50 points. Uh, the Isles 
the Icelanders from Long Island, from where I'm from, right? For here. you, Steve Summers fans. Yes, for you, Steve Summers fans. I love calling them the Icelanders. It's the greatest name uh, outside of the Gordon Fisherman. Um, they are hanging up there. So th- you know, they're they're locking up things. And 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 the only thing is going on here is is Boston now. Uh, giving a little space here between the Flyers and the Rangers. That's pretty much it. You know, the Devils causing a little bit of trouble, but there's your there's your playoff hunt for the uh, Eastern Division. There, right there is uh, you got to catch Boston right. because and let's have... and let's not forget in the Honda West Division. Yes, uh, as they one do, of my as they duke divisions. it out, Arizona and St. Louis duking it out for that fourth spot as well. So and if you had Arizona on your bingo card, uh, given the St. Louis Blues a challenge or Minnesota Wild there for that um, fourth spot. <laughs> You know more than us. I tell you that much. Um, and then up in the North Division, the Great White North Division, uh, Toronto, uh, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Connor McDavid, Robert, an elbow yes, last night. So not like him. Yes. I, did you say an elbow? Connor McDavid, the leading scorer in the league, Robert. Yes. He doesn't hurt anybody. He's like the, the modern-day Wayne Gretzky kind of guy. So he, he threw an elbow. Yeah, well, he got. It happens to the best of us. Stuff. It's just terrible. It's unsportsmanlike that for. It happens to the best goal of us. score like that to be giving somebody an elbow in hockey. Um, the bottom of that division there is getting interesting between uh, Montreal there and Calgary. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's heating up, and uh, do we? Yes, we forgot about the, um, the Discover. Uh, no, I did yes. bring up the Central Division. I, I picked them all. Yeah, it's not, there's only four divisions. I thought there was seven yes. divisions, Rob. I'm sorry. No, only yeah. four only that, that last time I checked. And really, four. these races, as I go through the standings here, it's – I tell you, this 56-game season, uh, all the all the races, the top three teams in every division – well, not the um, – I mean, it's the top three teams in each division. It's yes, all, they're right. all so close. Yes. All so close. You know, then then that then the the gulf between three and four tends to be a lot more pronounced. But well, this is uh, it's going to be well, fun. Yeah, you have you have the top three teams now are all beating the crap out of each other to get that number one yep. spot so they can play the fourth seed, and then the other two really good teams will battle each other out. One of them will be eliminated, obviously. I mean, if you had told me when the season began the top three teams in the NHL would be Washington, Tampa, and Florida, I'd have believed you on Tampa. You know, why but, not Washington? Well, I would have believed they'd be close to the top. I'm always, um, I'm afraid to, you know, get to dream too well, big. Well, you should be I afraid, still... especially after what the Rangers did to them last night. Well, you know, again, everyone goes to the zoo once in a while. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to lose. We're not going to win every game. Hey, look, I, we brought this up briefly here, I'm sure, a couple episodes ago or whatever. I mean, this compact NHL season has just yeah. been brutal. These guys are tired. Game in, game out, asking these guys to do the same thing uh, every other night, pretty much they're playing. So uh, it's the nitty-gritty time now. Whoever wins this thing at the end of it is, whew. And then they're going to get like two weeks off, and then training camp starts again. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who wraps this whole thing up. Uh, the Sabres obviously still not winning. I think that, oh, what's the scores in the game tonight? Hold on a second. Oh, look at this. The Sabres are up 2 nothing against the Philadelphia Flyers. They were up against wow. them the other night. And then lost five four in overtime. They're looking for their first win in seventy five games. They're up two nothing now in the second. Uh, the Flyers are on a power play. They need some good news up there. So hopefully this. Well, they they're going to trade everybody. They're going to get rid of everybody probably, and that's it. I feel for the fans up in Buffalo, but then you could feel yeah. the same way for the fans in Anaheim and 
some other cities and Washington, D.C. I mean, you got to feel for those people. Sure, just in general. Hey, uh, it'll be interesting in the playoffs, as I think I've mentioned previously, to see what happens. Well, not to see what happens. It'll be interesting for these teams. We'll finally get a chance to play a team from outside of their division in the playoffs, which we've never had before, at least in the in modern memory. So that'll be fun to see. And it made it harder. You'll have no real intel to go by except, you know, uh, film, of course. You know, um, so I'm looking forward age, to the playoffs. Right? There's, there's an app for everything, Rob. They'll be able to look at videos and stuff. But I'm saying they won't have any game experience against them. You can watch all the video you want. It's playing against these teams that gives you the most intel, not just Which watching tape. Which is actually going to be weird. You figure all the division play, right? The rivalries, the battles, mm-hmm. everything that's going on. And then when they get to the playoffs, it'll be like you, you won't be playing those teams, maybe, possibly. You know? And I'm wondering what kind of let down physically or emotionally there will be because as you said these teams are beating the shit out of each other in their in their division i mean these are blood rivals playing all your games against blood rivals period and then you go out and play teams that are not your rivals and you have no real connection to and you've kind of spent everything you spent all of your capital pardon the pun on playing your rivals and now you come into the playoffs and everyone's kind of depleted Again, the physical and emotional toll of playing nothing but rivals for 56 games, it's going to make for an interesting playoffs. It is. And, uh, you know, Boston there, who is, uh, I think they've got 24 games left with the Sabres. So that, that's going to help them out uh, towards the end there to probably bank a whole lot of points there. So you got to look at the schedule, what's remaining, see where everybody is, uh, because unfortunately, especially the teams on the bottom, especially in the Eastern Division, uh, if you're behind right now and then, you know, if you've played all your games against the Sabres or the Devils, whew, better start getting to work here. Make it happen. Yeah. So, But yeah, it, it's I, fun. It's been, it's been a great season. It's been a lot of fun. And the playoffs, like I said, th- these guys are going to be gassed. But they'll do it. As hockey players always do. Yep. They're no cricket players, I'll tell you that much. No. Nope, they certainly aren't. <laughs> no. Certainly not. All right, and so, that's all I know about cricket. Yes, me neither. That's your cricket segment. Me neither. Me neither. Show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, NBA, are they still playing? Still playing. Yeah. How's LeBron James still oh, injured. Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn's second still to Philly. Harden Best. is still the MVP candidate. Davis and uh, LeBron James still injured. Nobody cares till the playoffs about how the Lakers are going to do as long as they make it in. Okay. They'll have one or both guys back. They'll make a nice run and we'll see. We'll see. in you know, all our NBA fans are now pulling off to the side of the street. Enraged yeah. at our lack of right. interest well, in the well, National it's Basketball when, Association right now at this hey, point in the we, season. We, we give some love to the NBA when there's stuff to talk exactly, about. But, you're right. You know, you're there's right. just not that much to talk about. It's, it's the regular season. Yeah, so I mean, we go. didn't talk about the NBA trade deadline, but we're most definitely going to talk about the NHL trade deadline. Trade deadline. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. So. I think I might be traded. Really? Where are you know. going? Who's Who got knows? interest in you? Huh? Nobody. Not huh? even my huh? own mother. Yes. So sad. Remember, you signed your contract here in Boston. I did. <laughs> well, we're getting like those the sneakers. Sh- just we're like the sneakers, sneakers with real yes. blood. Yes. Yes. Google right, that. Buddy. Let's talk about sneakers with real blood. Yes. <laughs> Everybody needs them. I want a pair yep. too. So uh <laughs> Easter's on Sunday, so if you don't mind, yeah. give me a pair. All right. I look for God in your the, shoes. The blood of Christ and all that other stuff, yes. And um, such. Look, baseball tomorrow, buddy. 
So just as a fan of the game, uh, what does opening day for you mean? Let's just talk about that real quick before we make some quick predictions. Um, I mean, I liked baseball more when I was a kid. Um, so opening day was always a big deal. And it was a big deal because I, I've complained many times in that old man way that the, 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 the traditions of baseball are going away for apparently no reason. So to me, especially even in college and into my 20s, when it was opening day, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whatever it was, on a Monday in Cincinnati, when the whole world was watching one baseball game on opening day, it was very, very cool. It was just something that baseball, a, a tradition that baseball had, a monopoly on tradition that baseball had that no other sport has. Um, and then they started messing around with having games overseas that took place before opening day that weren't officially opening day games, but they counted in the standing, so they really were opening day games. And then the interleague stuff, and then everything just became so corporate. Um, so I like baseball, but opening day... It sort of lost the allure. Plus, as you will point out many, many times, a lot of people like opening day because it's that whole, you know, speaking of Passover, that whole rebirth and renewal thing. It's a chance for uh, your team to wipe the slate clean and potentially make a run to the playoffs in the World Series. And when you're an Orioles fan, <laughs> the, the opening day is that you get that, that feeling of hopelessness, especially when you wake up and say, hey, is Chris Davis – Still under contract to the Orioles? He is? Great. Wake me up in 2022. <laughs> he has two years left on that albatross hanging around our necks. But the Orioles are rebuilding. They're doing hey, things no the Bobby right way. Don't, don't get all worked up, you know. Um, so I will say this opening day I'm more excited for because last year's 60-game abomination is in the rearview mirror. We got 162 games. We're going to have fans slowly not so slowly in some places, but for the most part, slowly coming back to the stadiums. So I'm intrigued. I feel like teams have had two years off and not a, or have had a year off and not just a few months because the last real baseball season ended in 2019. Yes. So we'll see, you know, but I, I like baseball. I just, I wish that in the all-star game used to really capture my attention and my imagination. Now opening day doesn't as much. Come on, man. There's 15 games tomorrow. They're all 30 teams are playing tomorrow. You're getting a full menu yeah. and appetizers and, that, and dessert tomorrow. And that's, that's fine. But I, I like I like when one team or two teams get the spotlight all of themselves. When everyone can celebrate the opening of the sport and then go on to, their, to see their respective teams play. Joe right. Biden won't be throwing out the first pitch Why at not? a Nationals game anytime soon. I don't know why his... his Reason I didn't fit into you know his schedule. Why? You know why he can't do it? Because he's busy. He's busy. He's doing things. Okay. He's building bridges and getting vaccines in people's arms. It doesn't take long to have you know Secret Service shuttle you out to Nats Park. You wave at the crowd. You throw a pitch. Look, it can't be worse than how than Fauci's first pitch last year. He hasn't year. had time to stretch. He's been working All since right. he got in. Okay, just saying. It's Sunny another tradition. That's gone the way of the dough. Getting the American people some money. Look, there's a lot of baseball fans who are waiting for the mailman to come with their stimulus checks so they can oh. buy season tickets. Let's not talk about the Postal Service. By the way, another oh. thing to hate about the Nationals is As if it there used wasn't to be, enough. It, it used to be in this area 
that the president would go to Camden Yards, well, Memorial Stadium, then Camden Yards throughout the first pitch because we were the local team. And now, you know, nothing. Crickets. Nats Park. Boo hiss. Anyway. Now ask me what opening day means to me. Hey, Paul, what does opening day mean to you? (laughs) Well, have you got a couple hours? (laughs) Sure. Let me let me let me lean back. Hey, look, it's 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 America's pastime. It's the boys of summer. It's spring. It's the warm weather coming back, especially for us up here in the Northeast. The leaves are growing. um, And we have the greatest baseball team in the world that plays up here uh, in the Bronx. uh, The best stadium, best players, the best uniforms, the best pretzels, the best. (laughs) I go on and on about uh, the Bronx Bombers, uh, the most championships. We have everything. We're the best. We're New York. And that's what baseball means to me. It's the New York Yankees. And it just makes me so happy until they get knocked out. And then I get angry and then I have to wait for spring training again. But and it starts all up again. But we get excited. But anyway, uh, no, I, I just love it because it's just, you know, it. The, the, I think this year for me, and obviously starting a baseball podcast, is because um, I think this year is going to be exciting. I think there's a lot of good, young, exciting players in the game right now. Um, we have a lot of... Um, I think there's a hell of a lot of good managers in the game right now, too. Uh, some experienced some experience guys, some young guys, uh, a lot of different intriguing parts. And also this year, more special than anything, it's because it is, we're going to get outside of football, this is the second, you know, top four sport that's going to have a full season here. And like you were saying, too, it's going to be great to see fans getting back into the game, uh, into the stands. Uh, I know there are fans out there that are a little upset about some of the ticket pricing, but you can expect that. Uh, it's probably going to cost you about $65 for a beer. Somebody's got to pay uh, Lindor and Flushing. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, look, I'm glad it's back. So opening day tomorrow, uh, get it going. I was, well, I'm always a guy, too. I love watching the West Coast teams and everything else, checking in late at night, ESPN games, all that other stuff. So I'm looking forward to it, man. It's a good time of the year. Uh, you got hockey playoffs coming up. You know, the Nets are going to win the, uh, the NBA championship, and the Yankees are probably going to win the uh, – you know, why don't we just we'll just deliver all of the trophies and all the cups to New York City <laughs> and just sit them there and say, you know, why bother playing? Everyone take the year off. Come by and look at the trophy cases. All right. So there you go. A little fun there. Um, Let's do uh, some quick predictions. OK, uh, right. ready? NL East. Uh, we'll, we'll do uh, winners of the division. Uh, we'll need a wild card. Uh, we'll two need two wild cards. Well, I know, but one per league. Hey Rob, no, no, it's 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 two per, huh? In each division winner, two wild cards. You have ten teams making the playoffs. Is that new? No. <laughs> Remember they have they have the, they have the one game playoff, and then the wild card winner plays the the division winner with the best record. Sorry. He's just, Paul's just glaring at me now. I didn't make the rules. It's, you can blame Rob Manfred. We're picking four division winners and one wild card. That's okay. that's what we're doing. Four divisions. Okay. Yeah, three, three, divisions. Divisions. three division winners. I was going to say four divisions. And the wild card winner. Okay. Okay. All right. The sure. winner. Wild card winner. Okay. You understand what I was trying to say I'm, before? Okay. I'm with you. All right. Okay. Yep. That's where my math is. Okay. All right. Because at the no end, problem. there's four teams that are going to play 
to get into the championship game. Okay. To lose to the Yankees in, in five. I know. I'm with Most you. likely. Okay. okay? I'm, so yeah. let's start again with your division winners and then give me your wild card winner. Okay. Okay. Go. Okay. I got in the, I'll start with the AL in the AL East. Yes. The Yankees shut up. Thank you. Then the central, I have the Swawks. Very nice. The white Sox. I have Houston in the West. Cause they're just so annoying. They're not going to go away. Even with the loss of George Springer, my wild card, I have the Rays over Oakland in the wild card. Okay. Do you want to do yours, or I do both leagues? And then you yeah, can I do got yours. The, the White Sox, the A's. Uh, I got the Blue Jays winning the division. Yanks will be the wild card winner. Really? Wow. Yes. Okay. And then the Yanks okay. will play the White Sox in the championship game, and the Yankees will go on to the World Series. All right. I do not have a prediction in the playoffs. Um, as to who's going to go to the World Series, but I mean the smart money's on the Yankees. Of course they are. That wouldn't sure. surprise me. Smart, you gotta, you know. But you know what? The AL is the boring league this season. To me, all of the good races are going to be uh, in the National League. Okay, especially in the National League East, the National League West. It's going to be a dogfight up until the very end. I've got don't, the Mets. Don't keep us in suspense. What do you got? I'm, 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 I was, you interrupted me as I was giving you my winners to say don't keep us in suspense. I got the the Mets coming out of the East. I got the Brewers coming out of the Central, the Dodgers in the West, and then the Padres over the Braves uh, in the wild card. That NL East fight between the Mets and the Braves and the Dodgers and the Padres in the West, that's going to be something to watch the whole season. Plus, plus, let's not discount the Phillies and the Marlins, and yes, even the Nationals will make some noise. I believe the NL East is going to be the most competitive, most fun uh, division to watch. The Cardinals will probably make some noise in the Central, but ultimately it's going to be the Brewers. They have a much more complete team, I think, than uh, the Cardinals do. And I, I, I hate to say it's going to be the Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series because everybody and their mother is picking that. So just to be a contrarian, okay, with their two, with their three hundred million dollar per left side of the infield position players in uh, Machado and Tatis, I'm going to say it's the Padres and the Yankees in the World Series, just so I can get on record something other than the Dodgers and the Yankees. Wow. All right. Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to help you out there. Okay. Uh, I got the Dodgers. I got the Mets. I got the Cards. I have the Padres coming out of the wild card game as the winners. I have the Dodgers playing the Cards in the championship game. And The I have, Cardinals in the championship yes. game. Wow. Yes. And I okay. have the Dodgers going to the World Series to lose to the New York Yankees in three. So a question for you, friend. Yes, sure. If you believe the Yankees are going to win the World Series, why do you have the Jays winning the division? Because that's that's what I think is going to happen. I could be, and it's also a maybe I'm putting like a proxy thing. I want them to prove me wrong. I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. A little reverse psychology. Yeah, kind of thing. You know, I mean, the Jays got a lot of different things. They got a great team. They obviously they're not going to be playing home for a few months. Not even going to be even playing in their home country, um, but you know, at this point, Rob, it's it's a crapshoot. So I'm being a homer. I'm picking the Yankees. You know, they got a lot of work to do. You know, right. they, they've they've obviously been such a great team here the last couple of seasons and getting into the playoffs, but they they just get outsmarted. Um, you know, that long ball game doesn't help them out uh, at the end here, and uh, hopefully, Booney and and the boys can figure it out. I think they know now. The formula that doesn't work. And everybody's got to stay healthy. I mean, and, and that just goes down the board for all the teams. 
And if they do get in there, the reason I think they'll beat the Dodgers is I think the Dodgers are just going to be exhausted. They're just going to be tired. Well, I guess with the Yankees, it always comes down to health, doesn't it? <laughs> but what I mean, come on. I'm just an average guy. We're having fun here. There's 600 games to go right? Uh, for each team, and it's going to end in 2023 sometime, and then we'll pick the winner. So we're just having some fun here. This, a this nice 600-game baseball season. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> a season that spanned years, not months. Well, if you're in the, you know, if you're a broadcaster, I mean, that's some, got some good, you know, security, job security. There. Sure is. Sure is. Well, you have to take some number breaks. Four ninety nine is the as the Baltimore Orioles struggling this year. Yes. For those who remember, a couple players re- two hundred seventy five re- in a row <laughs> after playing for two years. A couple players retired before the season ended. <laughs> but Albert Pujols at fifty seven is still playing <laughs> for your Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, whatever they're called these days. So. All right, buddy. Well, what you know? What do you think is going to happen with the the amazing Matson Lindor, baby? Yeah. Um, so this is interesting for those that enjoy you know things that are interesting. Uh, newly acquired Francisco Lindor has given the Mets until opening day, which, as we've been talking Francisco about the last few minutes, treat. is tomorrow at seven oh nine when the Mets take on the Nets. Um, he is. Without a contract extension, due to be a free agent in January after this current season, so the Mets have offered him 325 million over 10 years, and the Lindor camp has come back with 385 million over 12 years. Here's the trade-off: the Mets are offering 32 and a half million dollars a year, shorter term. Lindor wants two more years, more security. At a slightly reduced price. So $32 million as opposed to $32.5 million. So really what we're talking about is, do the Mets are the Mets hung up on the fact that they don't want to have him around for his age 38 and age 39 seasons? The last two years, the last $60 million of the contract will be when he's 38 and 39 years old. That seems to be the crux of the issue here, and they have until tomorrow night, I guess, or to midnight, whatever it is, Francisco. to figure this out. Yeah, it seems like it, here's what I think. Speaking of putting the covers over your head and hoping it goes away, you know, as they say in the business, contracts are made to be broken. So at this point, you got it's those last two years and the last sixty million bucks. You worry about that later. You sign them today and say we'll work this out over the next decade while he's under contract, and maybe we renegotiate, maybe we extend him again. Who knows? But if the Mets. And this is a new a new day in Met Town. I know a new day with Steve Cohen, the new owner. It's amazing. If they let him walk over this, over the extra couple of years, when he's asking for less money, technically speaking, it's more money, but it's less money per year. That would be foolish, and that would actually gone. that would go against the direction the Mets have been moving since Steve Cohen took over the team. I, this seems. I know it's sixty million bucks. I'm not trying to say that's an insignificant amount of money, but we're really talking about do the Mets want to be saddled? It's the it's the Albert Pujols issue. When when the Angels signed Pujols to that gigantic deal that would take him into his late thirties, early forties, it's a great deal in the beginning, and then you kind of regret it later. Which is why free agents now who are in their thirties are having so much difficult, so much trouble signing contracts with new teams because nobody wants to pay a guy in his thirties. 
So I see where the Mets are hesitant, but you're already giving this guy a deal till he's 37. Your offer. Why not take it till he's 39? But again, take that next decade and figure it out. Don't let this guy walk. It's not like he's asking for 500 million over 20 years. Okay, he's asking for he it'd be the second largest contract in history, major league history behind Mike Trout's 12 years and 42 million or I'm sorry, 426 million. Okay, so he's clearly not just looking to break the bank, he just wants to know I have a couple more years of security. Hell, who knows if he even if he even plays until he's 39? Who knows? It's not the time for the Mets to start being penny wise and pound foolish. Yeah, I so, think we'll they'll, they'll make it work. He's he's kind of made for it here. I, I think he's going to be a, yeah. a huge star. I think his personality, everything else, his talent. I mean, one of the best shortstops in the game. I mean, the Mets got to keep him here. There's no doubt about it. I mean, such a huge personality um, and talent and everything else. And, you know, I just think it's laughable with the money. Uh, you know, it's not our money. Right. The, the, I, fans, I, the fans will pay for it one way or the other. But. I do tire of the whole deadline, and I don't want to be distracted by talking about it during the season yeah, routine. Well. I mean, that's nothing new for athletes. I, I Look, I think if they can't get it done by tomorrow, certainly they can – cooler heads will prevail, and hopefully as the season goes on, they extend that deadline another couple of days and just get this deal done. Obviously, they're close. They're not really that far apart. So, come on, Mets. <laughs> get your act together. Come on, Lindor. Get your act together. Maybe, you know what? Compromise. 11 years for 32 and a quarter million dollars. Do there you go. See? Problem amazing. solved. Do something problem amazing. solved. There you go. I've just solved the problem. Instead of 12 years, 11 years, slightly less than the money the Mets offered slightly more than the counter offer that Lindor has made. There you go. We got to get you, right you in the on mid- a train and get you up to Flushing ASAP. Problem solved. Yeah, just give me a call, Steve. You know, again, <laughs> perhaps I know what it is. Perhaps Cohen is a little lightheaded because it is Passover and he can't have bread. So, you know, he does. Again, he does walk on my side of the street. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe, you know, give him a bagel. Say, I know it violates Passover. Perhaps a little more blood sugar being flowing through the veins might help you make a better decision. Who knows? Who knows? It's all going to happen. It'll happen they tomorrow gotta get afternoon. Their, gotta get It'll on. happen in between pitches tomorrow. They'll actually call yep. Lindor off the field. He'll, they'll give him a pen. It'll all be yep. done. Don't worry, Mets, fan, Mets fans. It's going to be amazing. It's all going to work out. Uh, last thing on baseball, uh, you heard something about the All-Star game being moved to oh, um, yes. Canada. Is that what you hear? No. It might as well be moved to Canada. Um, so I wasn't far uh, off the mark then. With the um, new voting bill that was passed in Georgia, which has gotten a lot of hand-wringing and teeth-gnashing about its impact uh, on particularly people of color and, and voting, the ability to vote in the state of Georgia, um, this bill has been getting a lot of criticism and, you know, the usual expected criticism from professional athletes. The Major League Baseball Players Association, uh, headed by Tony Clark, who himself is a person of color, said that he would like to discuss. So nothing has been set in stone. Baseball has made no decisions. Let me say that from the outset. But Tony Clark has said he would like to discuss moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta 
uh, to protest Georgia's decision to overhaul uh, how their state elections are being run. Now, let me just say this to Mr. Clark and anyone else who happens to think this is a good idea. When you do something like this, when you move an all-star game or some big event out of a city, here's let me go through the list of people that you are now going to be punishing and stop me when you get to a group that is responsible for what the Georgia legislature passed. All right? The team. The team itself will be hurt because they get the revenues. It's their stadium. The fans. Always the fans always get screwed. The employees of the baseball of the team. And that includes all the people that work concessions and groundskeepers and everyone else who makes a living when baseball games are played in the stadium. Uh, the hospitality industry in Georgia. The local businesses that really do get a boost from not just the games that the Braves play during the regular season, but from big events such as an all-star game, which brings all kinds of fans and attention and revenues into the city. So it's an economic disaster for a lot of people, including, you know, the local businesses that aren't part of big corporate chains that need all the revenue they can get. In other words, the only people this doesn't hurt are the governor of Georgia and the members of the state legislature. So the stand that you're making here, Tony, is punishing all the wrong people. And by the way, Atlanta, whose mayor is black and is a predominantly black city, probably hates what the Georgia legislature passed in terms of the voting rights bill. So you're punishing people who at least, at the very least, had nothing to do with putting the people in place that actually made the decision that you're now protesting. If Major League Baseball really wants to protest or take a stand against something they feel is unjust, and I'm not saying they should or shouldn't, but if they do, here's an idea. Say, you know what, until you reverse this legislation or whatever the process is that you go by to change legislation, we're not going to let you into a Major League Baseball stadium. You are banned from baseball games you and all, all the members of the legislature that voted for this thing are banned from baseball stadiums. I know that's not really practical, but that's how you punish people for making bad laws. You don't take it out on the city. You don't take it out on businesses. What you if don't, they don't hurt like the economy. Anyway? But if who doesn't like baseball? The legislature. What if they don't go to baseball games? That's fine. But at least, but hey, it, it, the fact is they could. Now they can't if, you made, if baseball made that decision. All right, all good points uh, on the local community there, I get. Uh, but unfortunately, I think what's happening here, there's a uh, snowball that's rolling down the hill. It's not yes. just going to be uh, Major League Baseball here. It looks like it's going to be a lot of corporate companies, entertainment. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that's kind of brewing here that unfortunately, um, you know, as far as you know, you're, you're concerned for the local area there. Um, I mean, ultimately, you know, we've had these discussions on the show. And, you know, it, it's... It's again. It's really going to come down to the the you know the, the people who live there, you know. And unfortunately, yeah. like I said, this is this is a political thing. It's and it's just yeah. It's when people say want to boycott. Like I remember years and years ago, people wanted to boycott Domino's because Domino's Pizza because the owner of Dom, Domino's Monahan guy who owned the. Detroit Tigers for a while. Then he was sold to the Little Caesars guy. Anyway, the guy who owned Domino's was a, a very much a pro-life person, very public about it, very outgoing about it. 
And a lot of people said you should boycott Domino's because it's unfair that, you know, the head of Domino's is pro-life. Standing people that say we should boycott Chick-fil-A because the Chick-fil-A owners are uh, against gay marriage. That's all fine and good to take those kinds of stands. But most of these Domino's then and Chick-fil-A now, they're franchisees. So it's a mom and pop operation that has very little connection to the ownership, except they, they're in a business with that company's name on it. They live and die by customers. Their money comes from the sales they make. They buy a license to own, to run a Chick-fil-A and hope that customers come through the door. And so when you boycott Chick-fil-A, you're not hurting Chick-fil-A Incorporated. You're hurting all the mom and pops that own or that run a, a, a franchise. So uh, I get what you're saying. It's just I think people forget it looks great on paper. Hey, let's move the all-star game out of a city. Let's boycott a popular restaurant or a popular store. But it's not harming the people who are bringing in the most money. It's only harming, again, the, the people that are trying to scrape by and make a living you know, the groundskeepers, the, the concession people, the guys that walk up and down the stands asking if you want a beer or a hot dog who need tips and an hourly wage to get by. You take the all-star game out, they're not going to be in poverty, but that's a big day of tips and a big weekend of tips and everything else that's out the window. Same thing with the concession stands, same thing with the local hotels, the Airbnbs. It's just, it's a ripple effect that hurts everyone except for the target of all this aggression about the Voting Rights Act. And it's just, it's always bothered me. I wish more people could see that, who they were really hurting. I, I, I'm sure they're fully aware of the trickle down. You know, I mean, again, geez, we could just go into another. It's, it's a deep discussion. I don't know how we can't really kind of blow this thing off, but we also have to kind of, you know, have an opinion oh, I know. or whatever. But, um, you know, the ultimately, these are the people in charge of the state. And let's just say if one side of the street doesn't, you know, want any compromise, they don't want any negotiations, they didn't, they, they've taken advantage of their power and they want to change the laws. So some people can say, well, who gives a shit about a baseball game that doesn't mean anything, right? What's more important is the long-term effect on the lives of the people that you're talking about who work for those, the vendors and everything else that even after that game, for that one day, for that one weekend, their whole life is probably going to be changed for, for maybe 10, 20 years or even more, depending on what happens. Uh, as far as the, the, the people that are causing this in the first place who don't really care about that, they just want to maintain power or they want to control how bigger issues affect people long-term. And sometimes the only way you can stop that is to do something like this, is, is boycotting and to uh, change a big event to affect the economy of a business, a corporation, or in this aspect, a state. So whether you take keep the baseball game going, the there's people that are going to be affected in their lives long-term, if you take if you cancel the game and you make a political statement and yes those people will lose that money for the weekend and will affect people i guess the thing is is that maybe you have to go out there and have these discussions 
And they might agree with you. Yes, cancel the game. Because you know what? I'll deal with losing this All-Star weekend and the money and everything else, but I, I, I might leave this state, let alone worry about working this baseball game. So it's a, it's a big issue. It's, it's an unfortunate right. issue because, again, at the end of the day, Rob, um, there's just not enough. There's not enough people on opposite sides of the fence here in our country today that are working together, and this is where we are. And yep. the thought that in the United States of America, this is this is what's happening. So it's just unfortunate. And I think, unfortunately, like I said, it's going to have to be figured out on a local level in the state of Georgia, and and we'll see what happens. You know, right? And, and we're not going to we're not going to solve have consequences. Here. They always say it. Yep. You know, so. We're not going to solve this issue here, but no, we're not. It's it's not. It's to say it's an easy no issue. It's not. Is false. It's very complicated. No. So, me and you. So are there you go, going. folks. Me and you are easy going. We're laid back. That's yeah. why we do the sports honchos to have some fun. But anyway, we uh, we'll have to just all sit back and wait and uh, see what happens. <sighs> Deep breath. Should we cleanse our palate with, say, a read, a manscaped read? See, I, you know, I was, I always try and wait for the perfect segue. I, I don't know if that's oh, the greatest. Okay, segue, I but, thought maybe you know, you'd, maybe I mean, you'd forgotten. No, I, I didn't forget. I was just waiting, waiting for the right moment. I mean, we got a couple oh. more things to talk about here. So okay, well, never mind, yeah. folks. I'll let you know. Paul. I'm sorry. I no, tried I, to I, grab I, the steering I, I, wheel. I think it would be inappropriate now. <laughs> You're right. After a serious conversation. You're right. To go See? into our. Sp- <laughs> I don't think it's why. fair to the sponsors. Right. That's why Paul drives and I sit in the passenger seat. See, folks, this is why there's only one steering wheel in the car, unless it's an easy method driving school car. Does anybody under the age of 7,000 remember the easy method <laughs> driving school cars with the two wheels and the two, the two brakes and the two gas pedals? It was very unnerving. <laughs> Too much. All right, look. We still got football. Stop to talk about. As Rob says, football is year-round. Oh, they added another game. They're probably not going to even, they're never going to stop playing. We'll have six Super Bowls. Every day of the week, we're going to have a game. It never ends. It's the NFL, or as I like to call them, the National Mediocrity League is in control. Let's go, Bubba. What do you got, man? So, I'm going to. You better hurry up. I'm going to give you the abridged version. Are you ready? Okay. Full stadiums in the 2021 season. So says Roger Goodell, if he can swing that. If anybody can do it, the NFL can do it, since they seems to have beaten COVID all season. Um, yes, the NFL has officially expanded to 17 games. That's 17 games, still one bye week, one less preseason game, hooray. Uh, and the Super Bowl will now be a week later. So what's happening is the net net of this is going to be the following. You're going to have one more game, that 17th game, no more 500 record, which is a shame. But it's eventually going to be an 18-game season. For some reason, they can't go 16 to 18. Whatever they've agreed to, the union and, and the owners, they'll go from 17 and they'll go to 18, and which means eventually. And, and they'll have it on Valentine's but, Day. Right. Merch. What everyone's been screaming about yes. is the Super Bowl will be President's Day weekend. Game on Sunday, national holiday the next day. That's where we're headed. Probably one less preseason game. It'll, eventually, the schedule will be eight. It's still the magic number of 20, preseason plus regular season. So now it's 3 and 17. Eventually, it'll get down to 18 and 2. So this year, the 17th game, 
will be uh, hosted by all AFC teams. And it will be the formula is they look at your strength of schedule where you finished first, second, third, fourth. They'll pick a team, a division that you're not you're not scheduled to play, and they'll give you the first place team, the second place team, third place team, whatever it is from that schedule. So in the case of the Wolfskins, as if our schedule wasn't hard enough, now we get to go to Buffalo for the 17th game of the season <laughs> to face Josh Allen and a team that is probably ready to compete for the Super Bowl again next year. So, wow, easy, 17 easy, games. Easy, easy. It'll be 18 soon. Easy. Well, we'll do the NFL preview and let's see in about four or five months. Um, but from now, it looks pretty good from this vantage point. But we, you know, I, I can barely see it from here. We'll get there soon enough. Um, so, that's where we stand on that. Uh, the lawsuit, the Deshaun Watson lawsuit count is now up to 19, 19 wow. different people. Wow. Have filed a lawsuit all with the Whoa. same lawyer, all from the same time period. Oh. Um, I had a lot more on this, but I will just say this. The fact that Deshaun Watson, with these 19 allegations of you know unspeakable conduct between him and women. I shouldn't oh. say unspeakable. Bad conduct between him and these massage therapists. The fact there are 19 of them now and the NFL has still done nothing. And don't say, well, no, he hasn't been charged or he hasn't been arrested or hasn't been a trial. I give you Ben Roethlisberger from 2009-2010. There were two allegations. One, a casino employee in Lake Tahoe. Another one, a college student in Georgia inside a women's room. Two allegations of sexual misconduct. There were no charges filed. There were no civil suits filed. There were allegations. There were investigations. But ultimately nothing happened. And the NFL suspended Ben Roethlisberger for six games and knocked it down to four. As my friend Chris Morelli will tell me, they went three and one that year and made it to the Super Bowl. So the fact that Deshaun Watson, with not two, but 19 allegations, that nothing's happened to him is a very bad look for the NFL right now. I'm not saying they need to hit him with a four or six game or 10 game suspension, but this is a league that's very concerned about their image with women, amongst other things. And after, you know... One or two, that's a little bit of smoke. 19, that's a lot of smoke. And you know what they say about smoke and fire. I'm not saying that any of them are true, but 19 seems like a large number. Now, no criminal charges. None of these people are seeking criminal charges. And a lot of them say they aren't seeking a a big payday. Ha ha. They just want an apology. Either way, there's 19 people who claim at this point that we know of this pattern of, of sexual harassment and, and misconduct on the part of Deshaun Watson. And the fact the NFL just seems to be sitting there, again, I go back to the same image of putting the covers over their head and hoping it goes away is a very bad look for the NFL. So this is a continuing, evolving story. And we'll probably be talking about it next week. Who knows what the number will be next week? By the way, to show you with the heavyweights involved in this, not only is Tony Busby one of the, the premier lawyers in Houston, but guess who the lawyer is for Deshaun Watson? Good old Rusty Harden. If that name sounds familiar, that's the Roger Clemens lawyer. Okay. Who defended him. So Rusty Harden loves a challenge, I guess. I he loves defending the downtrodden. So we'll see. But the NFL can't just keep twiddling its thumbs hoping this goes away. The NFL is whistling yes, they past can, because they're they are, the NFL, Rob. Right. They are That's whistling they do, past Rob. I know, but they're whistling past the graveyard on this one. And if you're the Texans, you're thinking, 
Now what do we do? Even if we wanted to trade this guy now, ain't no one going to touch him with a 10-foot pole now that these lawsuits are here. Because in case this is true, if the worst happens and all these are true, and it leads to a pattern of behavior that gets him suspended at worst, what team is going to take that chance? Not even my own Wolfskins would take that chance. Before, before all this happened, the Texans were talking about, you know, three number ones and a couple players and firstborn children, Passover reference. And now they'll be lucky to get, you know, a new set of snow tires for Deshaun Watson at this rate with what's going on there. So not that that's the important part is trade value. But I'm just saying, if you're the Houston Texans, you are kicking yourself. You didn't take a deal a month ago before all this happened. Oh, well. So, so stay tuned, friends. Again, the count, 19 lawsuits. Well, if it gets to 20, it'll be serious. Yeah. Sure. Even numbers. Absolutely. 20 is where that's the tipping point. Not not 19, but 20. So and, that's um, it. Okay. Well, you don't want to mention anything about the Niners and the, and the Dolphins? Uh, we can do that next week. We can? Okay. Well, I, got a, I got a whole thing about the Niners and Dolphins made a big trade. This trade of draft picks and the Laramie Tunsil trade could be the Herschel Walker trade of its time. I'll delve more into that next week. Gotta get, gotta, gotta give you a tease for next week, kids. All right, well. Speaking of teasing, some of you guys out there gotta tease what's going on down, you know, that, that's a hair term. Tease your hair. Huh. I wouldn't know anything you know, about that. That's what we're talking about. What it's sponsor time on the honchos. Take it away, Mr. Security. As a bald man, I take offense to that. It's so insensitive. Hey, friends. Support for the sports honchos is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You know, the other day I was giving myself some, some me time south of the equator using a panini maker and some Gorilla Glue, and I thought to myself, oh my good Lord. Rob, there has got to be a better way to do this than what you're doing. I mean, the Gorilla Glue, the Panini Maker, the Rusty Menorah, all these things are just causing untold misery. But that's why Manscaped has come to the rescue. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Do you know the Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, including the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0? Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents which are the worst kind of accidents by the way when i tell you this is premium i mean premium the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave and paul you know what i always tell you out there if you're spending 90 minutes grooming down there you've got bigger problems than oh, just you're having a real good time you're having a good time but you got bigger problems the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower and one of the coolest features is the led light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming if the power goes out not to worry, you can still groom yourself down there. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget the charging stand. Show Don't your forget. mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB technology. So if you are listening to this, to me speak right now, and I, I know am. you are, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off and... Free shipping. That's and right. Free shipping, Rob. Free shipping with the code Honchos, H-O-N-C-H-O-S at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Remember, 
gets 20% off and free shipping. And free shipping, Rob! And free shipping with the code honchos at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off of free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code honchos. Your balls will thank you. And we thank Manscaped for sponsoring this high-quality program. Hey, high-quality program, you get high-quality sponsors. Thank you, Manscaped. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm sitting here, I don't know if the Watson story was a great way to go with the Manscaped (laughs) ad either, but... Well, it does involve, you know, that area of the body. Yes. So why not? Terrible. Terrible, Huss. What are we going to do? What are we going to do, Rob? I don't know. We only got so much time. We got to get all this stuff in. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for the National Mediocrity League. We will pick that up next week uh, in Honcho's episode number 27. 27? Yowzer. Yes, indeed. Yowzer. Thank you, Manscaped. Twenty percent off. Honchos. Perhaps I should be timing should. the read better to go along with the music. No, don't worry about that, pal. You just oh. keep doing the things you do. You do okay. that voodoo that you do so well. All with right, my cheese grater. Miscellaneous items here before we fireball towards the DOTW right here on the Sports Honchos. Take it away, Mr. Cooley. All right. So, I, I once again, I wish I had better news about the state of life in America. <laughs> that was so depressing, I know. Uh, SpongeBob and the WWE, do you know what they have in common, Mr. Cuthbert? I don't. Please tell me. Well, besides being on you know broadcast television, they are both being censored. They're both having episodes edited and trimmed as they as the WWE gets ready to be on the Peacock Network and SpongeBob continues on Nickelodeon. Uh, the WWE is, is editing out some of the more violent and what they th- deem to be culturally insensitive episodes. And for SpongeBob... This might only be like four episodes left then. Well, SpongeBob has taken out... Uh, let's see. One episode called Quarantined Crab from the show's 12th season centers on a virus storyline. And Nickelodeon and Paramount and Amazon, the parent companies of SpongeBob, has decided to not air it due to sensitivities surrounding the global real-world pandemic. Uh, In the episode, a health inspector comes to the Krusty Krab and finds a case of the clam flu in the restaurant. Upon this discovery, the health inspector quarantines the patrons and the characters grow anxious. Those who are assumed to have the virus are shunned and tossed in the freezer. Another episode called Midlife Prestation has been out of rotation since 2018. In it, SpongeBob, Patrick, and Mr. Krabs break into a woman's house and steal her underwear. We definitely determined some story elements are not kid appropriate, the Nickelodeon spokesperson said. So, uh, basically, as these shows move on to their streaming platforms, Peacock, Amazon, Paramount+, Plus, etc., uh, they are being edited for Clean content that deemed inappropriate. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Okay, it's it's like trimming a hedge. Hey, here's the manscaped. Wow, yeah, fine. It's like trimming a hedge. Okay, I don't know if you've you have any hedges in front of your house. Uh, uh, no, there's one patch on the side. Okay, 
The problem with trimming hedges is you stand there with the clippers and you clip, 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 clip away and you look at them and go, hmm, it doesn't look quite even, especially if you're crippled with OCD like myself. And then you keep clipping and the snip here, a snip there, a clip there, a chop here, a chop there. And pretty soon there's no hedge left. There's nothing except all the leaves laying scattered along the ground. My point is this. It's a very slippery slope when you start determining that these things are insensitive and appropriate, et cetera, and you start clipping here, clipping there, taking this out, taking that out, and what gets lost in the sauce is some things that are inappropriate and insensitive get mixed in with things that are just a, a, a result of being overly critical and overly sensitive, and pretty soon you find yourself with no WWE episodes to air and no SpongeBob episodes to air because there is no logical end. There is no – the goalposts keep moving. The line keeps getting moved. Eventually, you're going to find something wrong with everything. And at what point do you draw the line? And nobody wants to draw that line. Now, do I think SpongeBob and WWE are going to disappear from streaming services? Of course not. But the point is a lot of these things, if you start here, just like what Disney is doing with the Muppets, just what KFC did by taking finger-licking good off of its – away uh, is its slogan where does it end where do you stop where do you where when do you get satisfied with how much the hedges have been trimmed or do you just keep trimming away until there's nothing left that's what bothers me about stories like that i didn't i didn't know you got so bothered by those stories i just at some point you got to say enough is enough you know here's an idea uh, have a disclaimer which i think is ridiculous but do something you know hey mom dad don't let your kids watch this show contains material that may be offensive or unsettling to young viewers. Don't watch. Am I suggesting that it's okay to tell kids to steal people's underwear? No. But if it's a cartoon, you know, again, I watched a lot of Bugs Bunny cartoons as a kid and still as an adult a little bit today. And uh, to my, the best of my recollection, I've never dropped an anvil in anyone's head, much as I'd like to. I get it. And and there, I never... There was no disclaimers before Bugs Bunny that said, hey, kids, please don't drop anvils on someone's head. Don't put a stick of dynamite down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I never once, I think to myself, I wonder if I could do this in real life. Can I tie a rocket to my back well, you know and funny? jump over the Grand Canyon? You, you know, the, the, a lot of episodes where they haven't, they haven't taken, there's tons of gun violence. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of those cartoons. All those Elmer of, Fudd and Yosemite Sam in, ones. In some of the, uh, even the, the current uh, sitcoms, the kids ones, you know, Disney, there's all that stuff. I mean, it's, I get it, man. I know where you're coming from. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, I'm old and tired. And um, they just get, they need something to do, I guess. I mean, these episodes have been on air for years. But, I guess. And now yeah, all of a I mean, sudden they're inappropriate. What are we gonna I'm, do, man? We can look. I gotta take certain parts out of the Honcho show. You know what I'm saying? That's what I gotta worry about. Which shows well, you've do done, I pull out? You've done such a great job of editing them so far. <laughs> if you guys only knew the stuff that was left out when they the podcasts go up, see those of you listening to the live show get a treat. We're cl- we're keeping that for the uh, episode 45 uh, deluxe DVD yes. and Blu-ray disc edition. Yep. We sure are. Yes, we are. Mr. Cooney, what's yes, next? Um, let's listen. We got a, a soccer story here, but look at the time. What do you say we save this story for next week also and dump right into the dope of the week? The what? The D O T W. Who? 
the dope of the week. Are you telling me? It's time for the dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. That's right, everyone. The Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, like Chris Morelli did last week, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Co. They will all work. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Why, none other than Chris Greer, GM of the Miami Dolphins. Go, now, I know. Chris! I know I was talking about praising Greer earlier for being a for being a team genius, a genius team builder, excuse me. But hey, everyone goes to the zoo once in a while. Well, Greer not only went to the zoo, but he went back, went back, brought the whole family, and then bought the zoo. Now bear with me, friendos. The road to Greer is a long and winding one. Apologies to Paul McCartney. Our story begins tonight on April 23rd, 2020, when the Tennessee Titans drafted six foot six. 350-pound offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson from the University of Georgia with the 29th overall pick in the draft. And that was the highlight of Wilson's Titans career. July 28, 2020, Wilson is placed on the NFL's reserve COVID-19 list the day the training camp opens. He is the only Titans rookie unsigned at this point and the only Titan unavailable due to COVID. August 15, 2020. Wilson is caught breaking the no-visitor policy at Tennessee State University while attending a party there. In his efforts to avoid capture, Wilson jumped off a second-floor balcony. September 6, 2020, Wilson is again placed on the COVID-19 list, this time for five weeks. It is unknown, even now, whether he tested positive or was a close contact. September 11, 2020, a fine way to celebrate the 19th anniversary of September 11, 2001, Wilson is arrested for driving under the influence after doing donuts with his car and then crashing into a concrete wall. October 23, 2020. No, there's there's so much more. October 23, 2020, report comes out that Wilson, fresh off the COVID-19 list, has missed multiple practices due to a headache. October 27, no! Wilson is involved in another auto accident and totals his vehicle. November 29th. What? Wilson makes his long to NFL debut against the Colts. His only playing time was the end of the game, kneel down in the Titans' victory. December 5th, Wilson is suspended one game by the Titans for violating team rules. December 9th, Wilson is placed on the reserve non-football Break illness list, bell. which ended his season. There you go. December 31st, 2020 and January 1st, 2021, while the Titans were preparing for their season finale against the Houston Texans, Wilson spent New Year's Eve partying on a boat. January 7th, Wilson is arrested in Georgia after going 140 miles per hour in a high-speed chase and charged with felony fleeing from police, possession of a controlled substance, marijuana possession, possession of drug paraphernalia, reckless misconduct, reckless conduct, excuse me, speeding in a construction zone, and being a wasted first-round pick by a team on the verge of being the AFC champions. I may have made that last one up. February 22nd, Wilson tweets that he is, quote, done with football as a Titan, which may be the most clarity he has had since being drafted. The tweet is later removed. March 8th, the Titans agree to trade Wilson to the Miami Dolphins. You see, I told you I would get around to career in the Dolphins in exchange for a seventh-round pick in 2021 and 2022. March 17th, the trade becomes official. Wait for it. And finally, March 20th, Wilson is released by the Dolphins. After Wilson showed up late for his physical and team orientation, 
He also did not attend a pair of voluntary workouts on March 18th and 19th that he had previously agreed to attend. And where was Wilson on March 18th and 19th? Well, according to his private Instagram page, he was in Miami dancing shirtless on a car and vaping. I have two words for Chris Greer. Greer, due diligence. How in the world can someone so smart be so dumb about this guy? How much more evidence do they need to know that this guy was a total bag of shine? And they gave up draft picks to acquire him. Talk about a man crush. I don't care if Wilson was the second coming of Tennessee's own Bruce Matthews. There were more red flags on this guy than a May Day parade in Soviet-era Moscow. Did Greer think that he would be the, only, be the one to rehabilitate him? I am sure they will laugh about this when he is enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day. That is, of course, if he ever actually plays it down in the NFL again. Well, at least they had a couple of good days together. Like I said, everyone goes to the zoo once in a while. Some even like it so much they take up residence in it. So Chris Gear, for burying yourself further, farther down the sand than any ostrich, for doing a terrible impersonation of Father Flanagan, and for reminding us all that love is not only blind, but deaf, dumb, and does a terrible job as an NFL GM, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Chris. Your certificate is in the mail. Way to go, Chris! What? I mean, he's not the only dope in this situation. No, but he's the guy that decided to, to trade for this guy after uh, all those very well-publicized missteps, I'll call them, and yet he thinks, well, he won't do that with our team. Of course. Three days, Paul. Trade on the 17th, released on the 20th. Do 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 do. I don't know. That's uh. That's why you know I I I I let Rob not tell me what's going on because I love to be surprised at some of these cockamamie stories and these individuals that are truly dopes. You know. It's no fun to let you know ahead of time. I like I like to see Paul's reaction to these things. So. I'm just disappointed you didn't have the bell ready. I should have. I, I should have, but I would have. I would have broken. I know you're it. off today. I, I would have broken off. it. <laughs> That's true. You would have. <laughs> All good. Well, God bless anybody who listens to two hours of this shit. I, I know. Jeez. <laughs> the time just flies by. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it's all good stuff. Well, look, um, I want to wish you a happy overpass for the rest of the Thank week, you. my friend. Until we get back together, obviously, I will um, I will tell you about how many chocolate eggs I ate. And if you found God and in those I, eggs. If I find him in the eggs, yes, and I will uh, I will let everybody know. Um, but um, And then uh, enjoy the, uh, the championship game here, buddy, this weekend. I and, will. Um, and uh, also, I'd like to uh, wish you and the entire uh, Baltimore Orioles fan base – uh, good luck this season. We're, I think we're going to cancel the season before it begins. There's a rumor out there, but I'll let you know. Um, and uh, good luck against the uh, the Red Sox tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I'm I'm expecting some live tweets from you. <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen, uh, huh? No. no, no, not going to happen. No, no. As you say, there's 600 of these. I don't want to blow out my phone on the first day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. There you go. It's in the books. It was a long one. I tell you, me and Rob, every week we say, hey, we got to, you know, we got to kind of tone us down a little bit, but I, I can't believe it. But this is what we do. We love talking to each other, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And you can spread this out. We, we know you're not listening to this two hours straight. I mean, yeah, listen to it at one and a half speed. Just kidding, break, everyone. Don't. Break it up during overpass. 
yes. and Easter and all that other stuff. Be like Zack Snyder in the Justice League. Break it down to like six or seven parts. It'll be great. Yes. All right. Well, on behalf of Manscaped, the Honchos, the Dean Blundell Network, myself, yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and Mr. Cooney, we wish you guys a wonderful week. Thanks so much for all the support, subscribing, sharing, and tweeting, and all that other stuff. And we'll see you next week uh, back here on the Honchos. And with that said, Mr. Cooney, please say goodnight. All right, everybody. As always, thank you for listening. Happy Passover to my side of the street. Happy Easter to your side of the street. Have a great weekend. Enjoy opening day. Enjoy the championship. Rate us, review us, subscribe. Give us some love. Thank you for the love you've been giving us. As Paul said, thanks to Manscaped. Thanks to Dean Blundell. Be safe. Be good to each other. Peace. Hunters out!